about who you are and what the hell it is that you do and your relevance to the blockchain space. That would be great for the audience. Yeah, okay. Uh, my name is Jenny and I am the co-founder of Blockcast.cc. We are a blockchain news channel and we're based in Singapore. We have branches in China, South Korea and also the Southeast Asia part. Uh, we help projects, uh, projects to uh, raise money to do PR um, and also to help them to do the news release. Thank you. Okay, and you're and the, just a little bit about your your personal involvement in, in that company. Are you in sales? Are you marketing? Are you the CEO? Oh, I'm the co-founder, and I also do some editing works. Uh, we uh, we are kind of like a news channel. Mm -hmm. We do uh, we do news release, and uh, our uh, all our uh, articles are on Google News. Perfect. So we are okay. a Google News source. So you're basically responsible for putting out fires in the business. Fantastic. Oh, sorry, I cannot hear you. Sure. I said, um, okay. As a co-founder, you're basically responsible for, for putting out fires in the business, right? That's the, that's the, <laughs> so the main Thanks. job. Okay, so Artem, go ahead. Yeah, my name is Artem. Uh, I'm a founder at ChainAdoption.io. So my company just does uh, business development and service providing in directions of uh, digital marketing and PR, tech development uh, and outsource from Ukraine, and also consulting different kind of blockchain companies like exchanges or token issuers, uh, helping them and advising with the whole strategy, like helping with exchanges, uh, helping with the marketing strategy, and also with some like valuable partnerships in the whole industry. So my my... For, like my role is like global business development. Okay, super. So basically, long story short, if I wanted to launch a token, you're the guy I'd come to speak to. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay, Anna, go ahead. Yeah, happy to see everybody here today. My name is Anna Tutova. I'm CEO of Coins Telegram, and uh, we have a group of companies. Uh, we are news media, and uh, we provide the news on a daily basis. We have two websites in English and in Russian, and as well, we are PR agency, so we cooperate with a lot of uh, different media and help uh, companies with uh, branding and getting more exposure in top business financial media like Forbes, entrepreneur finance, as well as crypto media like Cointelegraph and Coindesk. Additionally, we help companies with development in different regions like in Europe, in Russia, Latin America, Middle East, Asia. So basically that's it. Okay, so we have we have a nice little interesting mix of people here. And there's there's of course Boris. Um, I don't know if you want to if you want to chime in here, Boris, or or if you're going to stay quiet. <laughs> Boris, I will stay quiet and let you guys shine. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's do that. Okay, so um, here we're here today. We're going to have a little chat about STOs. Um, I'm I'm going to assume for the most part that um, everybody in the audience is not an expert. So I think before even talking about like the, the marketing process of an STO, um, I think we should start with what is an STO and why does it matter? Um, Jenny? Oh, STO, actually, um, STO is kind of like a stock. Um, 
But I think like uh, even for the even for the people who work in this industry, we're not familiar with this concept. Uh, most of the people uh, in the crypto field were still investing on Bitcoin, Ethereum, those uh, those those tokens, utility tokens, uh, because we are facing some regulation problems. Uh, like in uh, take Singapore for example, uh, Singapore we only have one exchange that can do the STO, and uh, actually they are not uh, really running the business yet. So it's a very new concept yet. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Artem, how would you how would you define an STO, Artem? Why do you think it's important? Yeah, actually, um, I believe that it's a great model, but um, because of the, uh, some issues with regulators in uh, uh, some specific countries, it's really you know like complicated to conduct a proper company and uh, issue security tokens uh, and find a proper investor for that kind of activity. So. So far in the market, I, uh, like, like Jenny, I only see the people only investing in utility tokens because it's uh, much more clear for them uh, how to raise money here, how to build the business, and so on and so forth. Yeah, but uh, from another point of view, for example, I believe uh, in countries like Switzerland or Liechtenstein, uh, it's uh, much more easier to conduct an STO because uh, people, you know, like have a kind of like more clear understanding of how they can issue the security token there. So I believe uh, it's just possible if you have uh, like a proper company with uh, big stuff and uh, you can uh, build a valuable coin and share among uh, your like your company staff or company shareholders and uh, allow them to you know, like inflate or earn uh, uh, while just holding or trading the security assets. So I believe it's just uh, only possible if you have uh, already established an enterprise or something like that. So yeah. yeah. Thank you, Artem. I appreciate that, Artem and Jenny. I mean, the thing about this industry is, is um, it's, it's one, I think, with the most evolving set of jargon out of any industry I've ever worked in. So to you, me, and everyone else here, like the, the, the definition of SEO is really, really simple. But I think um, one of the big problems with, with being, being in, in, in an industry which is based around tech and which evolves so quickly is it's our job to, to, um, to be able to translate what it is we understand in very simple words for people who aren't in the blockchain to be able to easily understand. So I'm assuming, Anna, this is since you're in the sort of news news section of this business, this is your speciality. So can you can you explain to our audience exactly what an STO is in the simplest possible way? Yeah, uh, STO is uh, the same as uh, public offering, but it's offering of uh, digital shares in uh, the company or, for example, in the real estate. And it's uh, considered to be easier and democratizing the access to the financial services to everybody. But uh, th this uh, uh, this issue is about disputable because we face that on, uh, in some cases only accredited investors can invest into ASTOs. So as, as well as the easy access to uh, such financial tool is not solved. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll, I'll, um, 
I'll just sort of chime in here and maybe like add my two cents in here as sort of like SDO definition. So if I had to think about um, a very, very simple way to, to describe it, I'd say um, SDO is simply the tokenization of an asset. Very, very simple. It's the process of grabbing an asset and linking it to a specific um, uh, token which you create and dividing ownership of that asset into X number of tokens. That is the definition of an STO, I think it's in its simplest and most beautiful form. Um, uh, so let's 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 move on a little bit and and, and talk about sort of why STOs exist in the first in the first place. Like why um, and maybe maybe before the fact the reason why they exist, let's talk about the people who invest in them. Like what makes an STO investor different to the kind of person that, that invests in a standard company? Artem. I believe uh, it, it just more uh, could be more flexible for them because uh, yeah, they can avoid a lot of, you know, like a mess of paperwork, a mess of like third parties, companies that, that are helping usually uh, investors uh, during the whole investment process. Yeah, so basically digitalization and tokenization allows them to simplify and make the whole process much more faster and more security because uh, everything will also, you know, like be secured in, uh, in blockchain technology if they're using it. So I believe just these uh, are main, you know, like key parameters that are uh, given this, uh, given an advantage to this uh, model of uh, raising funds. Sure. Jenny, do you agree? Uh, yes, I totally agree. And I think it lowered the boundaries of the fund, uh, fundraising. Uh, like traditionally, only credit investors can invest on the, you know, uh, the real estate or those, uh, those big projects. Uh, like uh, ordinary individual investors is, uh, is very difficult. But uh, uh, through STO, like, uh, you can you can buy like one dollar of a building, so you can buy a very small, tiny, small share of a very big project, uh, which is good for the individual projects, individual uh, investors. Uh, but uh, I think it's a very good uh, concept, but it's not that easy to do, uh, especially nowadays. Uh, the financial regulations are tighter and tighter. We see big exchanges facing problems. Uh, Bitmax, they are under the investigation of uh, S, uh, SEC, and in China, the biggest under invest under investigation, and the founders they are under arrest. So uh, it uh, is not very clear yet. So uh, I think we need to through the regulation first, and then this this uh, STO thing can really develop or grow. Sure. I know it's your Maybe opinion. not in the very short time. <laughs> well, generally, uh, the investors into ESTOs are the same as investors, for example, into real estate, so like into venture capitalists, uh, which uh, who invest into some uh, uh, some startups companies uh, but uh, these people are like uh, early adopters of uh, blockchain of crypto and like su supporters of uh, the tokenization of real world assets 
or as well uh, crypto enthusiasts uh, who invest into uh, not only ETHs but uh, as well like to popular crypto like Bitcoin or Ethereum or into utility tokens as well. Yeah, and I think that's 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 an interesting point which you um, touched on now, just because as far as as far as Bitcoin goes and as far as sort of the mainstream crypto goes, I mean you have at least in my opinion, I think you have you have two kinds of investors, right? You have um, you have companies like Grayscale, for example, sort of like financial institutions which are first movers, and then before that you have the nerds, right? People like us. That's kind of why we're here. I think that the one thing we have in common is we're all kind of crypto junkies and um, nerds at some kind of level, right? Um, uh, and is there, I think the main difference is we, Bitcoin didn't really need any kind of marketing to be able to reach people like us because it's, it's, it's just what we look for, right? But if, if we take real estate, for example, since this is a, like a, an idea which everyone seems to mention, um, there are like set channels for, for how, how to market a property, right? I mean, there's... Um, in the UK, there's Rightmove. In, uh, in the US, there's Zillow. You know, every, every sort of country has its own standard um, marketing channel for um, uh, for real estate. In, with STOs, the path isn't really that clear. So if I wanted to create an STO, let's say I wanted to tokenize the building I'm in and I want to sell it, what do I do? Anna. So you just uh, go to security token issuance platform, like for example, companies can partner with Istio Box or uh, like with Polymath, Securitize, right, different such companies now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they can uh, make the Istio legally compliant and they don't really need to have some technical knowledge uh, because they still be done everything uh, for them and uh, that's it like if uh, we're talking about uh, real estate uh, a lot of uh, real estate uh, uh, objects uh, they just tokenize the part not not the whole real estate and uh, a lot of people who do this they just test this thing out how it truly works okay thank you Jenny, what's your take? How would you how would you go about marketing an STO in uh, for for a property versus actually selling a physical property, right? Because as we said, they're two completely different streams. Oh, I had a few round of uh, meetings with the real estate uh, the uh, real estate agents. Like uh, they they're trying to do the STO for their for their properties uh, in Southeast Asia. They want to put it into like very small shares and and sell it to the to a to a wider range of people but mm-hmm. uh until now is uh it's still a concept like i said uh it's not that easy to proceed now in asian market uh, because all of all the uh asian governments they are quite tight and strict in this uh, security market so i don't know whether in other part of the world it will be easier but uh, till now, uh, uh, as far as I see, uh, at least in the Asian market, is not able. We are not able to do that yet. Sure, sure. How about you, Artem? If I, if you if you, if a customer came to you and said, "Hey, man, I've got this. I've got this epic piece of real estate, and I want to 
I want to tokenize it. Let's let's assume that sort of the legalities were in place and you could get around the the regulatory issues because I I'm confident that even without un, without existing underlying infrastructure to regulate SEOs, I still think there's ways to do it, which I'll maybe go into a, a little bit later. But how would you go about actually marketing the token and getting people to give you their money? Because that's what that's what this is about. No? Yeah, actually, it really depends uh, on the target audience that we will choose. So it could be a regular investor. So, for example, just uh, people who want to invest, uh, I don't know, like five hundred to thousand dollars, or it could be uh, a kind of uh, some bigger companies or venture funds who can invest uh, much more. Yeah. So we first of all need to like decide who we are targeting for, and after, sure. Um, yeah, I, and uh, like personally, uh, right now, I'm thinking that uh, it will be easier if the project really wants to raise funds, it will be much more easier to target these venture funds rather than regular investors, because uh, regular investors always has, you know, like a lot of uh, um, consumptions uh, because uh, they're not really sure that they can, you know, like there's a lot of risks for them, yeah? So sure, sure that uh, this investment will be a proper one, yeah? But with sure. the ones that you can bring uh, like a proper legal documents and everything, they, it's probably much more easier to persuade them and uh, like uh, persuade them to buy like some shares of this company. And uh, like for this uh, marketing strategy, the best way is uh, to do a good brand awareness through some like trusted tier one media. And uh, afterwards, try to bring several angel investors uh, with uh, who is uh, who are the popular among the investor clubs, you know. And uh, once it usually works like that, that uh, once people see some like familiar names, <laughs> if they know these investors and they know that they are pretty successful, everyone just starting to put their money in. Yeah, and this is how it usually works, for example, in the US and uh, probably other countries as well. So uh, the best way is just to, you know, like build a proper network and build a proper brand awareness uh, using some trusted media. So this is like step number one, yeah? And afterwards, uh, once you will finalize this stage, I believe uh, there is a way to make a kind of like crowd sale and target some regular investors who can just invest small amount of money because you can already show them that big guys already in in this game yeah and uh, for this stage you probably need to do like proper digital marketing and uh, build like simply sales funnel for them so they will you know like quickly understand uh, and know the tutorial how they can you know like research the needed information and how they can quickly get in uh, using different like payment services so uh, basically, uh, there is a big work here, and you need to build everything in a proper way, starting from the like website, uh, special design, SEO optimization to bring it to the top of engine search uh, searching engines, and afterwards uh, take care of the social media and other channels. Put probably some call center or like account managers who will pick up the conversation and share all the needed information to the regular investors and describe them and explain how it works and how the process looks like and afterwards probably it could be done <laughs> but it definitely takes some time yeah so for yeah. the story i believe pr probably is it like approximate timeline will be like three to six months in the best way 
Okay, okay, fair enough. I mean, that sounds like a like a long day at the office. Um, I think to say the least. And let's 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 sort of take a step back there because I think at the beginning of your point, you you, you mentioned uh, you very rightly said right that the the strategy for marketing and SEO should depend entirely on whether you you're selling I don't know like a like a massive tower to to a B two B or you're selling you know like a um, residential complex and you're selling individual shares at one euro or one dollar, for example. So let's use Jenny's example, because Jenny mentioned earlier that she was she was having a little chat with some investors and she was talking a little bit about about what an SDO project may look like, even though it didn't materialize. Let's, let's, let's like hypothesize with that example for a second. So Jenny, can you, like, without mentioning any names, maybe, or any roads or any projects, can you just give us a little bit of an example of what that specific SDO looked like so we can use it as an example Based off that, uh, it's a uh, Southeast Asia real estate SDO projects, but it's still on hold uh, because, uh, like, first the company who issued the token must have the uh, license, or it, it, sure. it cannot be a small company; it have to be a big company. And second, uh, the, there's no liquidity for the STO yet because um, they also have a uh, limit for the investors who invest in. Uh, they're uh, like the barriers are quite high, but you mm -hmm. can get uh, get around it a little bit if you are not using uh, fiat money. Like the investors, uh, they invest in the SGO token with maybe Bitcoin, Ethereum. Then you can get around the regulation a little bit, but still is um, not very easy. Uh, so uh, sure. back to the Back to the project, uh, they are uh, thinking of like listing their coins, uh, like uh, maybe cut the one real asset to like uh, 10,000 shares and, and put it on a STO exchange. Uh, you cannot list it on a like normal exchange. And for the STO okay. exchange, they, uh, they don't have the fiat channel. So uh, it's, they are still planning it, but it's been a long time. That's fine. That's fine. But I think you've, you've, you've like answered what it is we were looking for. And if I may, but just to sort of add to that, with, um, with, was, there, was there a part of that round which was private or was, it enti was the idea entirely public? Uh, they are targeting two kinds of uh, audience. First is the uh, traditional real estate investors, traditional institutions, credit investors. Uh, for them, they are... Uh, yeah, and the other part is the crypto world. Uh, those people who want to invest on coins, they are targeting these two types of people. For the credit investors and institutions, uh, they they are doing it in a traditional way. So uh, you will be talking to their agents uh, in a very traditional way. Uh, for the crypto market part, uh, as far as I know, until now, you can only invest in crypto, uh, not fiat money. Um, yeah. Okay, fair enough. No, that's a, that's a that's a fair like answer. So we're talking about a bit of like a hybrid approach, basically a little bit of uh, uh, a private race and then a sort of a public uh, acquisition, yeah, yeah. which is which is kind of what we wanted to get to. So, so Anna, if I, um, if you had a customer that came to you and said, "Hey, listen, I have this this epic SEO project. It's not a scam, I promise you." Um, uh, how would you how would you help me? Reach, reach the public and, and maybe raise awareness about this project I'm trying to raise for. 
first of all, we should uh, uh, decide uh, who is our target audience and uh, the marketing, the promotion of uh, this or that company or either this is uh, real estate uh, should be, first of all, uh, we should take in, into account what uh, the market and uh, maybe we not even should uh, stick a lot that this is exactly security to mm -hmm. offering uh, because, for example, if uh, real estate object is interesting to this or that investor, they, they may look into the ways of uh, investing via Istio as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, as for security token offerings, we should uh, educate more and more the public uh, on uh, uh, such way of investing into digital uh, assets. Uh, so we should uh, first of all target uh, the biggest channels and uh, of course uh, as well if for example if we go to some security token uh, conferences uh, we see different crowd, crowd uh, from the uh, general blockchain conferences we can see more banks interested in uh, uh, such kind of offerings we can uh, see more institutional investors some traditional funds and uh, they are quite interested in this space uh, so uh, if we talk about media we sh uh, should target uh, the biggest ones like uh, for example Forbes, uh, Bloomberg, CNBC, some other channels where the, uh, where, uh, where there is audience uh, who is uh, looking for what is new on the market, etc. And sure. of course we uh, take some crypto media with the biggest traffic because they as well, uh, if you uh, make uh, some posts, uh, get uh, your company into the biggest uh, outlets. Uh, smaller outlets will just copy the news and uh, you will get some additional buzz uh, as well. Yeah, like, a, like a trickle down effect, basically. Yeah, and of course, it should be a approach. Uh, we should uh, use uh, social media as well, uh, video marketing, uh, participate. Okay at conferences but so let, me, let me make this question a little bit more more specific i'm sorry to interrupt you anna let me, because because i feel like I, I think one of the biggest issues with with the blockchain world is ambiguity right meaning we talk about a subject which is so vast and broad that we can't really give like an exact answer because there's so many possibilities here so let's let's shrink this down for a second and talk about physics Let's, let's use Jenny and Martin's example earlier for, for um, uh, a sort of hybrid race. Let's say we're, we're talking, about, um, talking about the private race in the beginning and then we'll talk about the latter um, uh, public race after that. So let's forget the public and talk specifically about the private here. So you mentioned, Anna, that, that, um, uh, that um, people would, would uh, you know, guess stories in Forbes, for example, etc. So what I found is that whenever you're talking to anybody about any kind of blockchain investment, it's 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 not like you're selling them like a piece of real estate. Let's let's be honest, right? If you wanted to go and like raise five ten million dollars to build the building, it's way easier to do that without the idea of introducing an STO. Why? Because for the most part, it's an established industry. 
And um, within the STO world and, and in the blockchain world, it's so sort of small and tight knit that usually kind of most people in this space are sort of second and third connections on LinkedIn. Let's just let's just kind of leave it at that, right? So with that in mind, I think it's I think it's pretty uh, like it's a it's it's a sort of known um, fact that that or a sort of well well hidden well kept secret or not so well kept secret that if if you want to get a story out in Forbes, you just pay three grand and you you, you get that story. It's basically how it works. Right? No, I'm not sure. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to mention names or you're sort of calling one out. What I'm saying here is is that if you go to an investor and you show them a story of course and they're familiar with the blockchain one, aren't they gonna say, okay, okay, well, the only thing he's telling me is you've got three grand to spend and you can you can write something which which makes sense and like actually holds water. What what do you say to that argument? So as for publications, I mentioned it's uh, as I, I told we need to educate investors about security token offerings because of course as you told that it's much easier to sell real estate without like in a traditional way. Uh, so we should uh, use these channels to educate investors. <laughs> Sure, sure. Okay, Artem, it seems like it seems like Anna really wanted to ask that question. Then give you a shot now. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, actually, I believe if we want to use uh, this kind of media and you know, like use it as an additional tool to attract investors and persuade them to invest, basically we need to achieve a proper stage of the company development. Yeah, so for example, we need to show them traction. So if we can write in this article that we already collected uh, like specific, uh, you know, like amount of money and we already have such audience who are invested in us and we are on this like progress and we can, you know, like explain and describe it in the article and afterwards we can spread it out like around the globe, then, then it definitely can help. If we just will mention about the company, about the, its ambitions, it won't help. Definitely. Sure. So it just sure. well, it doesn't make sense. So basically, all this PR and uh, additional marketing is just additional tools uh, that helping us to you know like persuade and attract more people and more attention. But first of all, we definitely need to use uh, like our own network or just attract a specific right people who will help us with uh, like uh, introductions, rising funds, and etc. Because we need to build some traction before before we go to the public, yeah, and uh, we need to build something, definitely. But because we, if we just, you know, like started doing simple, simply marketing and PR, and we don't, couldn't show them the traction, uh, it just will be useless and, uh, you know, like pointless. Sure. So that's, 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 I think, something really interesting, which you mentioned, sort of the, the sort of differentiation between simple PR and smart PR. Right, because because PR is, is a very very broad spectrum. Um, there's many many ways to do this. Um, one one great example I see is like again, sort of, um, um, touching on what you mentioned earlier is, is you find like um, an accredited investor or someone that people look up to, and if you can sort of say that, that um, this person has invested in your project. And, you know, you, you're going to sort of gain some traction and gain some credibility in the market. And then maybe sort of that 3K spent on four would be justified. But um, 
I think one of the biggest issues with that, and I think it's something we've seen like in, in recent times, right? When, when the Twitter took place, and, um, uh, you know, there, there were there were we're, we're seeing words being put in celebrities' mouths for the for for lack of better words. So I don't know. I'd say one in every eight adverts um, I see on YouTube is Vitalik talking about something to do with ether and some shitcoin link at the bottom that has nothing to do with ether. So it's all well and good um, to have a sort of a big name on board, but how can we make sure that the public understands that, 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 that that's, that's really the case and it's not a scam? Um, Jenny, what are your thoughts? Oh, like like before I mentioned that uh, if you if you give money, you use money, you can definitely get on uh, Forbes. I kind of agree on that point. Uh, you're, you're kind of right. Uh, if I see a project on Forbes, then uh, although I have not decided to invest on them, but at least it shows that they have money, they have funds to run for a longer time. Uh, like you said, for individual investors, how can they know that this project is not a scam? They have, they have no way to know. <laughs> uh, for, even for me, I worked in this industry for years. Still, I got tricked by the scams. Like uh, in this July, when when DeFi is at uh, the really high, <laughs> like I invested in a few DeFi projects. They look really nice. They got this like a fantastic like team, and they got this like uh, those words that you can you cannot understand, but that makes sense. Those kind of stuff on their on their white paper. I invest and I put into the pool and like. One week later, the whole pool is gone. Like even me, I work in this industry for years. I don't know how to recognize a scam. Like how can a a just normal indiv uh, individual can recognize that? So I will suggest that you invest on those those projects that uh, run for long times, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, like those kind of thing. If you don't have the deeper knowledge in this. Or you don't work for the projects. You just you just invest on the big names. Sure. sure. Yeah, been here for twelve years, and uh, and I think for projects they should not waste money on PR or media before they get the idea or they, before they know exactly what the regulation is. I would not suggest any uh, marketing like things those projects who want to do STO in Asian market because. That will be a waste of time, waste of money. Until this gray area is clear, until the whole regulation came out, until you don't have any risk, then I will suggest you to do the marketing, to do like everything you can to push it out. But before that, you have to like think really clear, not just because that you want to spend money or you want to try this new thing out and you do it. Uh, Love that. <laughs> Love that, love that. Thank you, Jenny. That was that was beautiful honesty, like just straight straight up honesty. I love it. Um, Art, what are your thoughts on this on this um, uh, on this topic? Yeah, actually, I absolutely agree with Jenny. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the right way. Yeah, and um, the only thing I wanted to add uh, is you know when you wanted to attract investments, um, people just, for example, starting collecting some. You know, like email addresses of VC funds looking for some ventures and trying, you know, just to spam it <laughs> and uh, just continue emailing them and asking for money. 
and uh, other things, yeah. But the key thing is that uh, if the venture fund wanted to invest, they already know what company they wanted to invest in, and they got like dozens of such mails, and uh, what is the sense for them to invest in a like, no-name company with, where they don't uh, know any kind of people behind the project uh, with, uh, like, without any kind of experience and previous track record, because uh, <laughs> they already know the company that is growing, and uh, they're growing, and they know that it's worth to put some money there, and they're just trying to reach out these companies. So the best way to track the people is, uh, you know, just to develop, continue developing your company, and at the right stage, just open an opportunity for them to make this investment. So the key thing here is just to choose the right time and uh, build the company to the right stage, and afterward just give a tool to the, all these investors and let them come into it. And afterwards, uh, you can, uh, like, uh, when the company grows after, you can just make an exit and, uh, you know, collect your money. So this is Happy days. Works. Happy. <laughs> so, so in summary, so in summary, basically, Artem, is uh, if, you, if you throw enough shit around, something's going to stick. That's, that's basically the, the summary. Like, if it's a good project, right? I mean, always. Anna, what do you think about this? What's your, how, like, how do we, how do you show the public that, that um, like you have the right investors on board without, without ever um, sort of falling into a scam? Because like, like Jenny mentioned, like experts like yourselves, I mean, get, get um, uh, um, caught up in this. So how do we make sure that the public doesn't fall into the same trap? What are your thoughts? I think it actually starts from feasibility of making an ASTO for this or that company. Uh, I consider that it is reasonable to conduct it either if uh, you make it as an alternative to IPO and so the company uh, like in the real world and has uh, uh, already some traction it uh, already it's not a seed stage company it's maybe like series b series c or later stage company which uh, has revenues and just uh, wants to tokenize its uh, shares uh, this way i think uh, it's a good uh, way to conduct an ISTO instead of ipo because it's uh, much easier and cheaper or for example in case of uh, uh, tokenization of real estate and uh, as well uh, a lot of companies uh, some companies are not truly scams uh, but uh, they uh, just have like <laughs> big some big ideas but they don't uh, know how to uh, implement them into real life and how it uh, actually works and uh, so just a lot of companies fail and initially they maybe didn't have intention to scam anybody uh, so for example it's not reasonable for a seed stage or series a stage uh, company to go for ASTO because it requires first of all much more funds for building infrastructure for Istio and uh, etc. and to the hold it and uh, as well as um, uh, for Istio, uh, this space is much more regulated, so it uh, prevents us uh, from scams. Sure. So this is like basically it's the it's the age old problem, right? It's 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 um, uh, sort of people. 
using a blockchain or sort of using something when they don't actually need it and they just end up creating their own trap. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out an argument here um, or maybe a possible solution. Uh, this is not something I've researched. This is just like something which just came to mind while we were discussing this problem. So um, we mentioned that, that, that we need to sort of find a way to, to um, ensure that um, uh, strategic investors or the right investors have actually invested in your project, right? Um, what if we had, what if sort of any STO company would take on investment, its initial founding investment, not in fiat, but purely in crypto? And within that crypto transaction, let's say, let's take like Bitcoin. Let's, let's say that, that um, somebody invests in your, in your token fund in Bitcoin. And within the, within the transaction note, when they transfer their, their BTC to your BTC as a fund, they would enter their, their name, for example. Vitalik Buterin. That in itself is going to make the news. And if it's not, if it's not true that Vitalik would have invested in, in, in that token, then he's going to call it out. And he's going to say something. But ultimately, the fact that that transfer has been made would be entirely transparent, shown on a blockchain, and irrefutable. What do you, what do you think, Jenny? What are your thoughts? Am I talking um, bullshit or is, or is it a good idea? It makes sense. Like you have some like uh, professionals, like like really, uh, like uh, like Vitalik, the the best in the industry invested in you. That that is really convincing. Uh, like like if some projects are backed up by Vitalik, I will probably invest in. Um, but I think uh, for for. STO, I'm still not very sure. I want to wait until this whole thing got matured first before I set foot in in this. Uh, like, just take the DeFi example again. Uh, like, in this July, it's still a very messed up uh, market. Like, uh, anyone can can get on the the Uniswap and and do the and do the DeFi thing. And so a lot of people got scammed. Uh, so I think before the whole thing got clear, the regulation came out, uh, I would not consider um, like trying any STO thing. And uh, just like a, a, a good a good project, even if it's not with a blockchain, it's still a good project. We, we should see the, the business model behind it, not the technology. The sure. model without block, uh, blockchain is still a good business. Like Tesla without blockchain is still a very good company. But uh, if a shit project plus blockchain or plus STO is still a shit project, it still got shit coins. So yep. I will investigate on the business model instead of like see what, what kind of like the method, like how they respond and what kind of like the words we don't understand they use. So I'll dig into the business model, whether this business makes sense. Sure, sure. So basically, like if we had to, if we had to sort of put this in layman terms, you don't want to be, you don't want to be like, a, you want to be Neil Armstrong, right? You don't want to be the first dog in space. You want to be, yeah. you want to, you want the dog to have gone to space, died, did its thing, and then you want to be the person that lands on the moon, which is, which is a yeah. fantastic tactic. I can't refute it. I'm just, I'm just terrifying this here. Arthur, how about you? Do you want to be the dog or do you want to be the man? What's your, what's your, what's your take? <laughs> Actually, uh, I guess this uh, game when you're just promoting and showing uh, these transactions and promoting that uh, some, you know, like popular people already 
invest uh, their funds and money to your project, this game is definitely worse and it works for a long time. Uh, the only thing is that you never know what uh, happens uh, in reality, uh, like uh, on the backstage, yeah, because uh, it could be just simply manipulated and the people just simply, you know, like give money or provoke them to invest. And uh, because they will be the first one, they will just uh, get returns from like uh, from the investments. That's it. So they will just, you know, like start selling their tokens or shares, whatever. And uh, this game like always works, but uh, it really needs to be, you know, like y you really need to check it out. If uh, is it true or is it manipulated? So <laughs> this is uh, pump and dump city, basically. Yeah. Yeah, this is just a money game, and uh, as Jenny told uh, previously, uh, if the, it's shitty project, it will be shitty projects. No matter how uh, you know, like how much the how much money they put into the marketing, and uh, you know, like do the STO or just uh, ICO or whatever. And uh, if the project is really good, they just won't start this money game. Yeah, because they will just uh, like usually such entrepreneurs who just you know like believe in an idea and find the right technology and uh, what they want to bring to the masses they just continue developing and they don't really you know like think over how to attract a lot of money and how to you know like build this money game to attract more and more yeah they just continue developing their product and finding the right end customer and just uh, starting you know like to get in some traction and uh, building some revenue streams. That's what they're usually doing. So you just need, you know, like to make your due diligence on the company just to take a deeper look and see what, like, what is the behavior uh, this or those founder has. And uh, afterwards, you will probably understand. Absolutely, but but I mean, like you, you touched on something again, like, and this is and this is a sort of standard uh, a standard problem, I'd say. In, uh, in the blockchain space, which is you should do due diligence. Absolutely, don't get me wrong. And <clears throat> I think this is something that most people should do. But if, if, if the experts are, are in a position where, where they can be fooled, and, and Jenny, I am, I, I'm, I'm not sort of rubbing salt in sore wounds here. This is like a common thing across the industry. It's not an isolated case, right? So, so the solution here is or the, the issue is that we need to find a common problem to be able to address um, that said investors have actually invested in this project. Now, blockchain is, is, is um, and well, SDOs are built on an underlying blockchain, which is all about transparency. The fact that I think we haven't found the solution yet is a little bit of a problem. Anna, what are what are your thoughts on this issue? Do you do you, do you see any any way that STOs can market their their token while while proving that that um, that said investor has actually given the money? Is, is there is there a framework in your head? So uh, generally, for me, it looks like it works the same way as in, a for example, traditional venture capital. Uh, funding, for example, when this or uh, that prominent uh, fund invests into this uh, project, as its funds take uh, a deeper look into it and uh, jump into investment round as well. And uh, as for blockchain, we should as well check who the, uh, the investor is, uh, because uh, a lot of investors they want to just say that they invested in this company because they value 
his uh, reputation and the credibility and how they appear in public. Of course, uh, in blockchain space, you can see a number of it, uh, some people who are quite public speakers, etc., and they are advisors of plenty of plenty projects. <laughs> then you may think like probably th those projects are not the because first it's impossible to advise uh, like really in a good way that many projects and maybe they just uh, pay to this like so-called uh, advisor investor uh, like a bunch of money just to be a face of the project and then you should you just uh, should uh, doubt the credibility of that investor absolutely absolutely and i mean with that in mind actually um that that's that by the way to anybody in the audience and um, like and i think just touched on something amazing which is absolutely like if you're advising 15 15 different companies i'm not saying it can't be done but if you're advising them in crypto chances are you're not really advising that that's that's the sort of diplomatic way to put it right i mean i'll let you guys fill in, fill in the gaps but um Moving on, I think I think we should we have time for uh, one or two more quick questions. Um, somebody once said to me, um, or I was on panel once, um, uh, and we had this conversation about blockchain and AI, <clears throat> and, and we spoke about um, when when these technologies will will actually become somewhat useful um in the world and, and when there be actual use cases because as far as blockchain goes stos included right use cases are, are the most difficult thing to come by and this person once told me um they said listen in 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 in, in the best possible scenario um uh, or, or rather in 90 percent of cases blockchain will not solve the problem it absolutely won't because it's very bad at doing very many things and very good at doing very few things Blockchain will only be useful, only truly be useful, when you don't have to mention the fact that you're using blockchain, right? So, and, and so, so the same thing applies with with AI. When somebody sells you a Google Home or someone sells you uh, um, an Alexa, no one tells you, "Hey guys, buy this AI. It's really cool. It's great." They're like, "No, if you want to set timers in your in your in your kitchen." Um, Google Home's great. If you want to play music, you use Google Home, and you want to um, control all this thing with your with your voice. That's what you use Google Home for. It's not marketed as an AI tool. It's marketed as an assistant tool. So, with the same reasoning, how do you guys feel about the marketing of STOs? Do you feel like you should market them as as, as STO projects, or do you or do you feel as though there's some other, some other kind of added value which, which really makes an SEO shine. Martin? Yeah, actually, uh, I believe the marketing should be really simple and the approach should be also really simple because, you know, you don't need to understand people how Google works, yeah? How the search engine works. You don't sell in them like this kind of like technology because no one just understands it, yeah? They're like the biggest part of the world. But if you just show them the results and show them like, okay, guys, in a few clicks, you can just find whatever you want <laughs> in the whole internet, <laughs> then it makes sense. Yeah. And then we'll, then people just like it and pay for money for that. So the approach should be really simple, I believe. And uh, you just need to just, uh, you know, like highlight the advantages of the STO and show how it could be like 
lights better. So, for example, if we are talking about security tokens, the, the, it, it goes that it will be much more compliant. It will be like the investors here will be much more reputable, yeah, and there will be much more institutional. Because, for example, if you are comparing to utility, in this market, uh, the biggest part of people they are just uh, you know like they are just gamblers and uh, they wanted to speculate and uh, just earn like quick money so they are fine totally fine with it they don't care about the project itself they just uh, looking into the graphics into the charts and see like if the price goes down if there is liquidity and if they they can earn some money here just while trading so they don't really care about the company about the team whatever yeah they just you know, like looking at the numbers, so they don't care about what what is the name of this like token or coin, whatever. Yeah, but in the STO, it's totally another game. Yeah, it's just more, um, you know, like looks like in a classical uh, market with the VC funds, with the like real companies where you can you need to make a good due diligence, check the people, you know, like and invest in the long term, not short term. Yeah, so that's probably the main difference and. Uh, I believe that you need just to highlight uh, what kind of, you know, like advantages you have uh, here in this journey uh, while you invest in, in the securities and uh, just target the proper audience because you don't need to target gamblers from crypto because they won't be interested in it. They want it to sure. like short and earn the just, just money. That's it. It's sure. not they're not the target audience for these projects. That's it. So, so I think you just kind of touched on a on a great way to close this, and that's the, that's the that's the highlight there. Is um, you should sort of a great um, factor of any kind of marketing plan is to be able to convey a very complex message in a very very few amount of words yep. because people have a short attention span. Right at the end of the day, myself included. I'm a little ADHD kid, basically. Um, uh, so, the I'll leave you guys with a final question. I'm going to ask this question to each of you, and then we'll, and then we'll end the round. Um, is if you had to if you had to market an STO, if you had to convince an investor why they should invest in an STO versus a traditional um, security in one sentence, what would that sentence be? I was was start with you, Arthur. Give me a minute to think. <laughs> take some time. Take some time. Anyone have any answers, Anna, Jenny? Uh, I would say don't trust human. Trust the system. Like uh, in traditional market, like you got a lot of people in the middle. Like uh, like a lot of people. Uh, when there's a lot of people in the middle, there are problems. You can get scammed. But uh, with STO, they are all proceed on blockchain. Uh, it's the technology running the whole thing. So I would say in one sentence, don't trust human, trust technology. Don't trust human, don't trust technology. Anna, how about you? Uh, quicker process, uh, facilitated uh, cheaper investment. Quick process, facilitate. Quick process of facilitates cheaper investment. Yeah, uh, quick process, uh, comma, facilitated uh, cheaper <laughs> investment. Uh, fair enough. I asked for a sentence. You you included a comma. We'll let that fly. That's fine. That's fine. A bit sneaky, but we'll let that fly. Don't worry. Artem, how about yourself? 
Yeah, I probably will say that digitalization is the future. <laughs> so <laughs> you need to make another step forward. <laughs> Short and sweet. That's why he's the marketing guy. Digitalization is the future. I love it. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being here. It was lovely to meet all of you. Um, thank you to the audience for taking the time to listen to us. And thank you, Boris, for having me. Have a lovely day. Thank you, everyone. This panel was fascinating, and we got so many insights about the importance of being specific in communication, speaking not about like the STO stuff and the benefits related to the technology, but benefits related to the project and uh, what people actually get. Speaking not in complex terms, but simple solutions. Importance of having this strong underlying project. This this one is really really crucial to get your marketing right the interesting discussion on actually the role of pr and can the media be as important as they were given that publications can be bought so i really thank you for these great insights and greatest discussion from my side i would add if you allow me we have i assume a few minutes before the next speaker joins in is that and I think that very often projects don't have to distinguish between their marketing as a product and service and marketing as an investment. Because people who trust you the most are actually people who already use your product and find value in you. And if you, especially if you're a B2C company and you have already thousands or dozens of thousands of users, these are your first investors and first evangelists. And I suppose that underestimated channel of marketing many SEO projects is actually their existing customers and one of the reasons why it is underestimated is precisely the fact that many projects do STO or ICO at too early stage where when they don't have customers yet but when the market evolves I think I hope we will see more projects more mature projects that do already have customer base and thus doing STO will be easier for them. Like if you're a new project and you just launch, you have to spend 10% or of target raise to just give your money if no one knows you. But if you're already existing on the market and you have your audience that reaching them with an investment offer is much easier, I would say. What are your thoughts on that? If I'm not boring you too much. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here actually, if you don't mind. Because um, I feel like I've been asking questions all night. I'll do, I'll do a little bit of answering. Um, <laughs> I'm answering. Uh, I'd say that the, the biggest problems that I see with, with, with an STO at the moment is uh, besides the, the sort of lack of legislation, I think Jenny very rightly pointed out, um, is that Nobody, from what I've seen, has has been able to to um, to sort of position some some real USP, some real value add that that that, that an STO um, um, offers. And I think the reason why that's the case is because of the structure that most STO companies take. So most 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 companies um, tend to tend to um, link themselves up with some kind of local authority and then, and then create a kind of digital share transaction between, between the ownership of shares um, uh, and in real time. And that's, and that's besides being a really hefty and um, lumpy process, again, it doesn't really add, doesn't really add a whole lot of value, I'd say. Um, because to get there, like, it sounds all, all well and good, 
But the road to get there is very, very, it's very, very hard for a government to give it to you, hey, yeah, plug into our infrastructure. We've never met you. So I think, I think the solution is, um, is um, for the company itself, for the, the, the STO exchange itself, maybe to have um, uh, some funds, and each fund would own the asset, like the fund would own the building, and then you would trade shares of that building on the exchange. But ultimately, from, the, from, a, from a governmental perspective, um, you, it doesn't really matter. And the result of that is you can, have, um, you can have transparency and you can have the quick trade of digital assets and you can have all the benefits that an STO allows for without any of the hassle. And that's why I think STOs haven't caught on yet, because that, I, I feel, is the only way to add value. What do you guys think? I would say STO is just a tool. Uh, you, have to, uh, you have to get this business model right and correct. Like the moderator said, uh, you get your audience, you get those users first. And you got everything ready, people already have the demand, and then you use this tool to, to like make it easier to oh, make this business like a to a higher level. It's not like uh, for most of the projects now, they just want to get into the hype of blockchain. So they see this tool first and then they think of like, oh, what should I do? What kind of business should I put into this tool? Uh, which is like, now the right order. I agree with you mentioned and, uh, that uh, uh, companies should uh, refer to Eastup and they at later stages and they, they already have market traction and uh, known and uh, because it's first of all quite costly to conduct an Eastio and yeah it's uh, just uh, a tool and it's uh, and as well if you are early stage company you won't go for IP the same with Istio. If you are uh, too early on the market, you you shouldn't do it. Yeah, actually, it works <laughs> in the same way uh, in any section of the world. You know, like in, in any area, because it doesn't matter if it's blockchain or real estate or whatever. If you want to make business, you just need to make this business. You don't need to look a, to try to find a way how to just uh, make a, like quick money, you know, because there is no way. <laughs> don't sell the hype, basically, in summary. <laughs> and I'll, I'll add to that, actually, again, for anyone in the audience, just, just while the sort of next, next guests are coming on. There's a fantastic podcast out there. It's not mine. Um, but it's, it's it's fantastic podcast by uh, a gentleman named um, Andre Day. And, uh, Jim, sorry for interrupting you. We do already have the next speaker, and it's just time for the next speech. So I have to sure. I'll leave, I'll leave you guys to it. Then thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank Bye you for everyone. Hello. Have a nice day. My pleasure. Thank Bye. you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. And I am ready to introduce our next speaker. The next speaker is Lex Sokolin, the global fintech co-head at Consensus, the one of the most important blockchain studios that participated in the development of so many crucial infrastructure pieces in the Ethereum infrastructure, including the MetaMask wallet and others. And Lex will tell us about, will, will provide 
us with the macro overview of the state of blockchain and digital asset software, the topic where he is definitely the one of the most professional people in the world. And I'm looking forward to hearing his thoughts. So we are waiting for 